All right, this is something new. We're trying the Bluetooth connection because we got we got Corey president. Corey, you're running late. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> we're gonna put you on the spot here. We're gonna do so. We're gonna try and do a Bluetooth. Corey's on the road coming in here. We got Hunter Meekum with us. Cody Webster. We're over here at the Utah Houndsman Association banquet, and uh, we had a few minutes and we wanted to um, run a podcast. So before we do that. What? Tell me a little bit about the Utah Houndsman. You, you bet. Um, so the point of the Houndsman Association, just like all Houndsman Associations, it's uh, to keep a strong community built and to raise funds to protect the sport and to promote and, and uh, protect ethical game management of cougars and bears and bobcats. Yeah. We've been around for quite a few years. Um, it's changed names a couple times with the same goal in mind. Yeah, last time I came down here, you guys were in Nephi. Nephi. Is that, is that how you say it? Yep. It was. Yeah, a- we had it in Nephi for several years. We kind of grew out of that building and bounced around a couple other areas further north trying to find a good fit. And, and Richfield is where we ended up last year, and it's, and it's a great facility and a lot more people, and it's, it's a pretty nice place. I was driving from Salt Lake today i i didn't realize how big them damn interstates out of salt lake is it's like it's like california at least to me it's like california there's like six lanes wide and we took the wrong turn and man it was i was impressed with how what the what the freeway infrastructure is i guess probably because you got 15 and you got a bunch of different interstates coming together right there right what's the history in, in salt lake is it just like a lot of truck traffic and stuff well, well those six lanes aren't near enough at five o'clock when all the people are heading home from work. Really, I was surprised. I was like, "Oh yeah, we just can Salt Lake, and we'll just we'll just shoot down here." So, um, so it seems like it's a bigger event than it was whenever I was up there in Nephi, right? I mean, Correct. How big you guys think you got from there to to then? That must have been what maybe six. It, seven, it seems like we we were around two fifty three hundred back when we were doing it in Nephi, and I bet we're double that now. What do you think that? Why do you think that is? I think you know. I I don't know if it's social media kind of blew the sport up, brought it more into the public eye, and, and you know how social media pulsar it makes everything look fun, and it threw a lot of people into the sport, and they were able to connect and, and make friends a lot easier than you used to be able to. The sport's a lot easier to get into now than it was. Yeah, pre-social media. Are you guys seeing some younger younger guys getting in it here and helping out? Yeah, you know, and before it seemed like for a younger guy to get in, he'd have to get mentored by a by an older houndsman to find one and was willing to prep with him. And and now with I think with social media that these younger guys can connect and hunt with each other and and figure it out a lot quicker and and have a lot of fun. So yeah, we are seeing a lot more younger guys get into the sport. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I agree with that. So one of the topics I wanted to talk to you guys on was, um, and I noticed this on social media, I noticed on your Facebook page, you guys have an issue, a, a bill. Is it a legislative bill that you guys are? Yes. You're kind of, I would say you're fighting right now, right? You're trying to stop? Correct. Yep. Explain that bill to me. So, Because I've seen it on, on Facebook, and I see that you guys are, as I understand it, you're trying to stop it at the governor's desk right now, right? Yeah. Has it passed both House and Senate? Senate yep. House Bill yep. uh, 469. Okay, so what does House Bill 469 do? It takes the management out of the division's hands, basically. So 
before we had you had to buy a mountain lion permit or draw one depending on on where you're you're going to hunt and there's strict guidelines on how you can hunt them and when you can hunt them this bill makes it so you you still need a fishing license and the reason why they did that instead of just call them unprotected like a coyote the only difference is the wool growers will still get paid if if there's a suspected lion kill so it's ad guys the a couple bigger sportsman groups that are kind of promoting this and this way they they get their cake and they eat it too they can wipe out the lions and you know and, and a lot of the talk on on the media is year-round lion season that, that's hardly the issue we have a lot of year-round lion seasons and uh or year-round units now and the, the big difference is they're going to be able to trap them and you know we've, we haven't been able to do that in decades in utah and trapping is indiscriminate on kittens and, and females with kittens and, and I, i'm a yeah. For, uh, firm supporter of trapping i uh, i trap myself but, but trapping lions I, I just don't think there's a place for it in utah it brings out too much bad light on the trapping community and it it's going to cause problems between trappers and houndsmen do you guys have a, a trappers association the, yeah or? we do and uh the trappers association uh they they don't stand behind it they're really so, yeah they're they're so with us the trappers are not for it who who is for the bill so you, I, you like, said some the, a couple the big... wool growers association like your livestock people mm-hmm. and then some of your your bigger sportsmen groups in utah uh are kind of behind it as well yeah you think that like the i don't say that, like i don't point fingers or whatever but like the yeah, mule sure. deer the sheep yeah, you know, yeah. exactly yeah our, our mule deer numbers are 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 down in utah uh we've had some some bad drought and some some tough winters um but yeah they're uh they're just thinking that by putting this in in place that they're gonna uh save a bunch of deer yeah you know what i mean most of those guys are like allies right i mean most at least i don't know it it seems like you guys are in kind of like a backwards fight guys that are are allies for house yeah yeah most of the time in most states, those are allies. It's kind of odd that you guys are. It's like you're in a backwards fight. It seems like. <laughs> as far as keeping the sport legal, you bet they are. But, um, we don't see eye to eye on cougar numbers, obviously. But Utah is a good public system. I mean, I know it's not perfect, but it it is a good system where you have a chance to be heard. And they, the Division of Wildlife, forms committees and working groups, and they include us on them. And it, it's a good process. Um, it's a lot better than having two legislators be able to slip in a bill at the last minute for their yeah. buddies. How how did that bill pass? What were the numbers on it? Well, um, I didn't watch the House, but this, the first, the it passed the Senate first, and that was twenty-two to six. Oh, really? With with literally no discussion. Well, I mean, the, the biggest cougar change law we've had in fifty-six years, and there was not an ounce of discussion on it. it and Corey, it uh, Corey didn't mention it, but the originally the bill was like a million dollars granted to the dwr to buy more property to benefit wildlife so oh. they picked a certain bill to slip this in on so that it so was it was amendment. hard for yeah so it was like yeah, an yeah. That they exactly this on. okay the, the origination of the bill was was great and, yeah and most everybody wouldn't have any reason to oppose it and so i think that's why they knew they could they could slip some of these things in because it was so in favor of the origination of the bill. Yeah. Okay. Corey, what were you saying? Deep into this bill, and, and there's nothing that makes sense about it. The million dollars, I mean, what what is a million dollars a year buy you in land? Maybe 10 yeah. acres. The, the point of this bill is when the 
when the state releases land, these big sportsman groups that are pushing this bill through will have first crack at the at the purchase, and they'll get a million dollars from the division, from the state, I mean, for the purchase. So it, it essentially gives them, it takes any competition away from a bid. Right. I mean, it is shady politics all the way around. The CWMU portion of the bill, it's, it doesn't make any sense either. We're losing deer as we speak, and, and, same and with, uh, they want to increase the buck Same with the trail camera deal. It's, I mean, it's really as corrupt as the lion part of it. What's the trail camera part of it? So bill? last year in Utah, they banned, well, we were put into a trail camera season, and from, what is it, Cody? Uh, August the, 1st to December 31st. Yeah. They weren't allowed for the for the aid in taking big game. So when you say you ban tra- trail cameras, you cannot run a trail camera when while you're hunting. Yes. So yeah. you, you can't use them for deer elk. So if you yeah, have a, you can't use them for the aid of hunting. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, is that? Do you know about other states? I, I, I'm too lazy to run a trail camera. You know, like I, I never go out and check them. I'm like, I, I always have the idea that I want to, but I'm just. I set them and then I I forget about them, so I've never they, really they've done they've done a similar thing in Arizona really? uh, too. Um, uh, Colorado's pretty much wide open for trail cameras. That's really all I've dealt and, with. I don't know about and New even Mexico. when that went through, it it started the the main talk that went around was the transmitting the cell cameras, yeah. mm-hmm. and then kind of yeah. a same deal last minute they See, they and started. I, I've, I've thought of that like the mm-hmm. cell camera stuff where they they sit there and they get a text message and it's like oh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. And and that's kind of what went around the public process was the transmitting cameras. And then later on, once the public process more or less was over, then they decided to throw just all cameras. Right. Yeah, just probably for, in some of its simplicity, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, okay, well, it's not cellular. Now it's Wi-Fi or Mm -hmm. Starlink. You know what I mean? Like, if if you just nailed it down to the word cellular then somebody could go get a starlink camera or something yeah. and, and do some you know everybody's always looking to game the system so sure um we still have you on the phone okay yeah no sorry a little quiet I, I i missed a little bit but i can add a bit to that camera you know the upsetting part about that isn't really losing cameras They're, you know everyone has their opinions on them it's just the process they went through the public process through two committees two years of committees um surveys wildlife well, the wildlife board did take it a step further um than what the public was asking for but but how this one was slipped through it, it again it, it benefits the same guys that it, it benefits on changing the cwmu laws it's 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 a couple a couple um, big name guys big big influential guys that have a lot of property and, and a lot of power and they're slipping in their personal agenda and uh using the legislators to do it and it's, it's kind of <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a slimy yeah, feeling. And, and buddy, you know, you're saying um, trail cameras are legal on private. Oh, so if you got a big ranch, they are legal on private now. Where they weren't before, they can't use the transmitting, but they can use the regular trail and, camera wow. for the aid of hunting. But there's a ton of deer and elk hunters that are not all right with how this went through. You know, yeah, they, they don't even like lions. You know, yeah, but. There's a ton of sportsmen, and, and any sportsman in my mind, me and Cody's talked about yeah. this, should be upset about that. You know, we got all these fishing game guys hired and, and stuff that are professionals, and, and then we can just go over their head and not run any of the wildlife. Yeah, that, That's you know one of I mean? the biggest things is, is the, the legislators making the decision removes any input from the public, but also from the biologists. Any of the science behind any of the decisions, doesn't they don't take the input of that and – and that's not that's not the way we should make wildlife management rules. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it's actually a really dynamic. It's, it's interesting what you guys are talking about because that's. And that's what should scare all sportsmen. If they could do it oh, with what's Lions, next? they could yeah. do yeah. Well, that's exactly They're how they took here. it from Washington. You know, yeah. The reason yeah. Oregon and Washington, I can't use my dogs in, in that is because they did a ballot box. You know, they did through the ballot, so it was a, it was a vote. But it's the same thing. It's it's a political process that they're that you know they're, they're not separating the science of wildlife mm-hmm. management with the po- politics of how people feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like we you know so so basically in a nutshell, if if I'm understanding what you guys are saying is is you want the wildlife managed in the science, you know the biology. Absolutely. Yep. Um, it's not a perfect system. I'm gonna promise you that because well, <laughs> up in Washington, I'm like, man, that, there's some biologists up there that I'm like, we don't want them. That, that's where it's good that Utah's got the public process mm-hmm. to weigh in on the recommendations based off the science, yeah. and then if it goes through, then then every interest group's <clears throat> kind of got some input, and we can come Absolutely. to a, an agreement, a happy medium somewhere in the middle. If we start doing legislation, it you know it's it, just big yeah. swings yeah. one way or another, and and yeah. hound hunting's the low hanging fruit. It always has been. Yeah. It's the first to be attacked, and and the rest will be next. Nope, one hundred percent. Like I said, it 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 it's just it's just interesting listening from you guys on this process that you're fighting. It's you're not fighting the antis, but you easily could be fighting the antis. Yeah, I mean it, it could well, be. This could open a door, a big door for that. You, you know, guys are kind of in the middle right now. It's like okay, you got you're fighting against the right. And hoping the left doesn't come in and try to mm-hmm. bite you in the back end and and swallow up the middle like that. It's a really dangerous situation that yeah. you guys are in. Well, we we have to be careful because six months ago we were fighting the other direction with our bears, um, um, wanting to limit our ability and our our management on bears. You know, they were they're wanting to reduce pack size, season dates, right? Um, units, non-resident permits. I mean, so so we're we're fighting both directions and just just wanting to keep. Keep the ability with science and so what was the what started that or or can you say um we utah's got a couple units um one in particular that's kind of a hot spot that's you know there there's a lot of anti hunters of all sorts there right that that they kind of pushed through their their county legislation and stuff and really pushed to try to limit our bear hunting and and luckily we you know, had in the past previous years made some some changes that had already pretty well solved those problems, mm-hmm. but they 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 tried to bring up old stories, old news um, to to try to limit us more. Yeah. Uh, but but luckily we we had proof of that we'd taken actions to resolve the problems, and and that stood up against you know the antis trying to take away our ability. Yeah. So before we end, like on this lion thing, because I was just thinking. What is it that you guys need people to do? We need to make really clear. So, well, so it went through the process. I mean, no, none of us even knew about it until after it had passed the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. So, really, our only hope now is that you can uh, contact our Governor Cox here in Utah, and and he could possibly veto the bill. Um, so that's what we've been pushing everybody to call in and and uh, you know, kind of voice their opinions on how the process works and. And everything. Does anybody have the number? Cody, we can pull <laughs> so, it up real quick. <laughs> Maybe Corey. Corey. Corey's been uh, so basically blowing up the governor's yeah, office and, and, phone right now. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, we're doing. we're getting a we've had a ton of support, and 
I mean, I know Corey's, Corey's been involved in anybody and Cody and we've all been getting, I mean, I feel like I've been on the, the phone for the last week and a half nonstop with people calling and all sorts of people, you know, it ain't just, it's cattle guys that don't agree with it. It's so I think we've made a, a big splash in the, in that department. So I think we just got to keep on on top of it what? have you heard anything back from the governor yet you or? know we've we've cory cory have you heard anything right from the governor uh just just from guys in his office we have a guy that tried under him that we've governor. all been able to talk to and he's really good and, and uh he's saying that there's a lot of a lot of opinions on both sides of it uh, a lot of calls coming in both on both sides which is you know kind of to our point let's run this through a public process if everybody has an opinion on it let's run it through the public process let's let's involve the experts and our state biologists yeah have open discussion and, about and put it. some let's, data let's, behind let's it. talk about it rather than, yep. than just run it through and well and then we can tackle all the issues separately we don't have to put trail cams in with lions and with cwmu and with land purchasing i mean there's there's so many different interest groups that they might be in favor of the bill for one reason. So they, they're going to call in and say, oh, yeah, pass this. Well, that's neglecting the other. So so how are how would lions be managed after this, this bill? I mean, they'd be lesser than a cottontail rabbit, pretty much. Really? Yeah. So there's no – you just got to have I, a hunting license? When I asked the division what, what animal it would be equivalent to, you know, with no seasons. and I mean, basically you couldn't hunt them at night would be the only restriction that – and they compared that to a striped skunk. Really? So why wouldn't you be able to hunt them at night? No, you would not. If if they would have completely dropped the all protection where you didn't need a fishing yeah. license for them, like a coyote, then you could hunt them at night. But, but that's about the only other okay. difference so from it, needing a fishing but license. But it's not, not. It wouldn't be classified as a game animal or small, small game. game. But, I mean, they haven't talked yeah. about limit numbers, how many one guy can take or whatever. But I guess – it it would no, still have to it, go through the the wild rife racks to make some decisions there, wouldn't it? Talking to the DWR uh, representative that works in the Capitol, he thinks, and he's talked with, with some of the attorneys, he thinks that the wildlife board would still be able to hopefully vote on what type of traps, um, females and kittens, uh, that sort of thing. And if they did that, he thinks that we would have to have an emergency uh, board meeting before May 3rd. But this is all speculation at this point. Until it, until it is signed or vetoed, then there won't be a hard plan yeah. set. When does, uh, when does the governor have time? I mean, when's the end of the session? I believe you guys might know, but it's something somewhere around the 22nd. If he doesn't sign, it just goes into law that May 3rd. Right. Oh, really? So he has to take the off governor's office. or else it – so if he doesn't veto it, then it goes into law. Yeah, if if he just lets it yeah. slide by and doesn't take any action, then it'll be enacted. Hmm. They, they told us that he'd probably have a chance to look at this particular bill next week sometime. Yeah. So we're going to get a number so we can have as many people as we can start calling. And, and where can they follow you guys on Facebook? You guys get Utah. Utah Houndsman Association. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. So let's make sure we – I know I've seen your guys' post on that, but the phone numbers, you know, and yep. and I mean, basically, this is this is important for everybody, not yeah. just Utah oh, for sure. folks. You know, I mean, if we can get everybody to call in, and and we're losing the battle so many different places that that this is just 
uh, I mean, uh, my mind's trying to reel around the fact because it's so opposite for from Washington. Like in yeah. Washington, we got the biologists who are who are being partisan. You know what I mean? Like I know some of the, the, the cougar biologists and stuff like that that we're dealing with in Washington. They're kind of doing the exact opposite. They're kind of more being a protective mode, and, and they're not following the science. You know, well, and, and that that's one thing that, that concerns some of us is is if this goes through, this removes any any evidence of science in our management, and then we're going to be fighting the opposite battle without any science what to back up the have? way you we're managing. You have no management. When the yeah. antis come and say, "Prove to us that you're doing this for the biology of the animal," and we can't prove it that's scary yeah i could see certain groups coming in and suing over oh this, absolutely to, to be honest with you if, if you know there's a couple of groups that i would think would probably do something like that 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 they would be like oh that you're you're uh such a such a weird situation you know it's like oh you, we, we and that and it just goes to show that everybody talks about all we care about is just killing cougars all oh, just hound guys all they care about is killing it's like no we in oregon we're the ones that put the cougar houndsmen are the are the folks that put the cougar on the game and, and identified mm-hmm. them as a game animal. And I'm sure that's probably well, true. Well, and I think that's the case with any animal sportsman. When there's value on an animal, sportsmen are the ones that, that protect the numbers and, and, and care and do the conservation work and the lobbying and, and, and everything for, for health populations. But we don't, you know, we don't want more lions than, than we can handle. We want to find that predator great balance where we're not going to suppress the deer herd but we still have some lions to chase right and we have active studies in the state going on that, that are getting really close to finding what that number is and, and this bill will kill any future research in the state it'll kill a lot of funding i, I imagine too oh. for, for lion studies yeah and, i mean all the all of these all of these studies are funded through the big game to budget and now going through the small games that's a fraction of the of the budget they have if they just wouldn't it wouldn't fit in the, in the program well, yeah. and, and like Texas is fighting complete opposite. They're trying to make a lion a big game animal right mm-hmm. now because they're getting so much heat. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, so it's, and we're doing the complete opposite. So, yeah, it's, it's just so, so dynamic. Some of the different things that are happening. And um, this is, does, it does dangerous. speak to the importance of a hound association. You know, Cody mentioned the, the bear fight we had last, all oh, a couple months back. And, and this one, and it, it seems like, hound hunting or seasons or animals, whatever, if they're trying to cut tags or add tags, it's like it's always on the chopping block and you're, you're constantly fighting. And it, it honestly seems like a losing battle sometimes. You wonder what the point is. But, boy, can you imagine if there weren't hound associations, what what this would look like? We'd be walked all over. It's bad now. But if, if there wasn't a group formed, an organized group formed fighting for this, I can't imagine what the sport would look like, you know, in, in every state. Yeah. That's absolutely true. I mean, it, it seems like in all of us that, that do this, I'm a board member for OUSDA, so, like, I can feel your guys' pain. Like, the the amount of work and effort that a few people do behind the association. Um, and it has to say that every, it would be, be awesome if more people joined, stepped up. You guys got a good crew here in the morning setting up and all that. Not Corey. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's not here helping us set tables up. Corey's done enough work. Yeah, we, we've we've we'll, kind of we'll, thrown we'll, Corey we'll, in front of the limelight. Well, here's my name, but you'll have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> We're talking crap. Um, but, but yeah, 
people coming to the dinner, spending money, you'll raise it. I mean, there's a whole aspect of the hound association that makes a big difference, right? So, so there's the guys that are, that are pushing the, the political side and making those connections. Um, but then there's people that just come to the dinner and they can, they can spend some money and, and help put some money in your guys' bank account <clears throat> so that you can fight different fights. This one's yep. a hard one to fight. You know, when it's not a legislator, it's, it's not an easy, it's not a money fight. You know what I mean? Like there's, well, it, it'll turn into one. I mean, we'll have to get a lobbyist to try and get this amended. And Absolutely. Cost a fortune. So, I mean, everybody's a spoke in the wheel, whether you're, you're attending the ba- banquet, spending money or you're attending meetings. It, we're all just a spoke in the wheel trying to keep it moving around. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and at this point, you know, I, that's what I think you guys, I mean, I'm not on your board and I'm not telling you what to do or whatever, but at this point, I think spending a little bit of money at the legislative side to make sure that we have people listening on the floor to be like, Hey, if we, if this could have gotten caught on the first vote, you know what I mean? By by a legislator that was in tune with everybody, um, that would be good. And, and it's hard. I mean, it, it, it is really hard to do and find those guys that you can trust. But, um, but yeah, like the biggest thing is, is if you can come support these guys, spend your money, get involved you know sign up help you know there's not a lot of people signing up to be board members for for these yeah, associations no. it's normally who doesn't raise their hand you know, it's well, a houndsman by nature we want to be left alone we want to go in the woods take our dogs and and not deal with people but but if we don't start taking some action we're not going to be able to do that so yeah then that's that's 100 like it's it's easy to just grab a dog and go in the woods and be by yourself and be like oh screw it i'm gonna go do what i want to do and, and there's there's guys that are that are tough guys that say that all the time like well if they do this i'm just gonna go do that and the truth is is well your kids aren't gonna do that and your kids' kids aren't gonna go do that and so that's kind of a selfish way of thinking you know what i mean like we don't really think and and solidify we always want to make it better for our kids like this is the time these are the types of things to step up so Corey, is there anything else this is a short one for for what you guys need done so so the biggest thing is, well, is we're going to get a, a phone number and we'll put this in the show notes we're going to try and get this one launched out sooner than later you said you got to the 22nd yeah but most likely next week sometime. But it, it could be could be as early as monday so yeah i mean yeah okay. yeah so one thing we'll buddy I'd, I'd like to thank everybody i mean we've got the colorado uh hound association coming over um idaho sent a awesome link side you guys came all the way down we've got guys from new mexico signed up we're getting more support than we've ever seen and and that's your that's we appreciate it and you know we are getting our guts kicked in right now and and it's amazing how many hounds up to help so donations were coming in this week like i mean i couldn't even we couldn't update the social media post fast enough that just these last minute donations people seeing that we need it and, and they're stepping up the play so just want to thank everybody who's showing up and all the donors and, and all of the support that we're getting this year. Yeah, I, I 100%. Yes. And there's something I want to talk to you guys off the air. Um, so remind me of a, a, a topic that I was slated in my board meeting with LUSDA to talk to you guys about. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that kind of triggered. I'm, I'm, I'm by nature for forgetful person. So I had already forgotten, <laughs> but you said something there that was like, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to talk to you about something. Um, <laughs> Eastern Idaho, they've been really good. Like what, and what mm-hmm. I can say is like, even in uh, Oregon, we had a, 
I won't say a scare or whatever, but we had a legislator drop a bill. Um, it was a bad bill. I'm not going to mention it by name because I think we pretty much got it handled and we don't want to publicize the, uh, the, the issue, but, um, We've just seen a ton of report, uh, support from Idaho. I mean, everybody. It's so good to see these associations starting to build back up. Because a couple of years ago, they were, I think a lot of them were pretty weak. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, back when we started coming to these, I mean, you like I said, you guys were a lot smaller. I know OSDA was, you know, small. I've hit a couple of them. And I think they go through ups and lows. And I think we're we're kind of on a rising tide. And that's a, that's a really good feeling. You know what I mean? I know it energizes – the energy out of something like that helps build too. You know what I mean? Like, like I always tell guys in, in Oregon, when you're losing, boy, the morale goes down, everything goes down. And so the fact that we can start engaging and getting people in, engaged, the morale goes up and that's just a, a big boost for things. So I think it's really good. Um, yeah, I agree. I think these hard times bring everybody closer together. Yeah, and, and show the importance to unite. It's it's easy to not get along with each other and, and have your honey holes you don't want invaded by other houndsmen. And, and it seems like there's a lot of jealousy in the sport. But when you have hard times like this, it really it really shows that it is a tight niche community, and we are there for each other. Rather rather we've had hard time, bad times with each other in the past or not. When it comes down to it, we're all fighting the same fight. Yeah. How far are people coming for for Utah? Like, where's where would you say the core of your guys's group is? Man, we're we're spread. Co- are, you, are you still good on, on cell coverage? You think, or, or I know we've been going about thirty minutes. Before. I think just the people on this phone call are probably at least two hundred miles each apart from each other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, we're. I mean, we're pretty spread out all through the state. I mean, northern Utah has a ton. Southern Utah and all through the middle has a bunch mm-hmm. of of dog guys. So it's. Yeah, it's all all over. So where do you, where's the majority of your guys is hunting? As far as is it like the Rockies or I mean what mountain ranges? Not giving away honey holes, but <laughs> well, everybody looks at me like stop talking about names. Northern Utah, huh, Corey, that's the hot spot <laughs> right now. See, like no, it, it's all you know. It, they're spread out throughout the state. We have anywhere there's a mountain range, you'll find a houndsman looking yep. for a lion track. We're, we're really lucky, you know. We got a ton of good hunting in Utah. So the the big mountains like by Salt Lake, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I grew up, I was born in Colorado Springs, so I, I grew up on the other side of those Rockies. Oh, yep. What? And I wasn't a houndsman when I was in Colorado. You know what I mean? So, like, when I look at, the, now when I look at the mountains, I look at them way differently than I used to. With dogs, I'm like, holy shit, that's going to be a bitch. <laughs> like, I don't want to hunt there. I don't want to hunt there. <clears throat> but what is it behind those mountains that, you know, your road systems open up? Or, I mean, Explain that because I'm driving through. I'm looking at that going because, like I said, now I drive into spots and I'm like, like I was mentioning to somebody, I was like, dude, you guys got like 14 to 16 foot trees. I mean, that's got to be intense. You know what I mean? Like there's that's I was looking at the hillside and I'm thinking those are bushes. You yeah. know what I mean? I yeah. looked at closer. I'm like, yeah. there's a cow next to that bush and the cows. It's, you know, northern Utah mountains are they're just a few roads in the canyons, huh? And then they're pretty much straight up and down. And then kind of when you get down more toward me and Corey live or me and uh, Cody, we kind of just got more rolling type mountains. You know, it's not as up as down as the Wasatch front, like where you're talking. Right. So it's, I mean, up there, it's pretty much just a few roads and Corey can hit on that better than us. But, uh, 
the roads yeah, on the bottoms that, or right. the tops or what? There's a lot. It's more. I mean, there's a few roads, but we have so many hounds around here. It's it's a lot easier just to, for me just to hike or ride a mule to look for a track. I try to stay off the roads, and I, I do think probably cutting roads looking for tracks is the most popular way to do it. But as as our lions start getting decimated, you're going to see guys figuring out that they're going to have to hike or or ride a horse or dirt bike or something up these trails that nobody else is is hitting to find one. Okay. Yeah, so so your road systems are not. I mean, looking at them, you got like roads maybe the bottoms of the canyons and stuff like that. Or? Yeah, there's not many, but there's they go up the bottom, and and there's one or two little side roads in some of the canyons up up my way, but for the most part, if you're if you don't cut it on the main road, you're gonna have to hike and find a track. Oh yeah. And the rolling hills. But there's areas that are that are great. I mean, there's you can cut roads for days. Yeah, we have some units that are just loaded with roads, you know, and some that are pretty roadless. So we got a pretty good. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of everything in Utah, Utah. from from you and know you your catch, your alpine you, and your your high desert stuff to to, to low desert to wide open to. And pretty much anywhere in the state, within a half an hour drive, you could you could be hunting in cedar trees or cliffs or or big tall pines. It, I mean, it, we have a pretty big variety of terrain, and it's all kind of intertwines. Between each other throughout the state. Yeah. Hmm. Anybody got a good story? Hunter has good stories. Oh, no, not me. <laughs> not me. Cody has some good stories. No, I, I, Nobody I mean, wants to talk about a good story. They're like, bad. I, I think Hunter's the man to talk to. I mean, no. four generations. Uh, it, I know. You, you can't I, hardly talk about about lion hunting we, we or, or dry ground lion hunting or, or hunting on mules without uh, the Meekin family. So. How, how do you hunt? Uh, we. I mean, we do occasionally cut roads, but we're mainly off mules or horses. Then you got a, a free casting outfitting, or yeah, yeah. My dad's uh, well, my my grandpa started it, and then my dad took it over, and now I'm involved in it. Mostly, uh, do you do all of outfitting? Or we what? do. We do deer, elk, lions, bears. What's your uh, favorite? Lion, dry ground lion hunting is really? my would be my favorite. Yeah, okay. I love hunting deer and elk as much as anybody, and so does so does Cody. Um, but I think at the end of the day, anything with the dogs probably tops. Yeah, tops that you know. How how old are you? I'm 26. And when did you you I mean you've been in dogs for yeah ever since I can remember. Yep. What's that like growing up? So I've known some, um, and I'm not gonna throw names or whatever. But so I wasn't a hound guy. You know what I mean. So when I got into dogs, I was 21. You I mean, I I had gone through my adolescence but and nobody that i uh, no family before me had dogs yeah is it kind of challenging is there like a pressure there for you to feel like uh there's a name you know what i mean like yeah to get on your own you know what i mean like for sure yeah um it's kind of funny i i grew up uh my uncle and my dad and my grandpa and and his my great grandpa i mean they all all did it and my dad and uncle were involved in some of the biggest lion studies uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I grew up and, I mean, just going out and catching lions in any conditions with them. And then I I turned uh, 18 and kind of went on my own. And I figured I was going to be, uh, I figured I was one of the best. <laughs> that's, and, and, that's what I'm getting at. It's like you, yeah, you and watch I found somebody out, do it so easily. Oh, yeah. And I found out real quick. I hunted the whole winter by myself and I caught two lions. <laughs> and uh, it, it was pretty humbling. But uh, yeah, uh, 
yeah it's uh i i don't know uh somebody that probably gets in it to it by themselves and has to train all their dogs and and stuff uh uh it's a little different um well i had a guy uh and i took him out this year and different but you know he's he's brand new and i'm like dude it's it's not easy like you go with somebody and somebody makes it look easy yeah i mean and you go catch a cat or whatever i'm like that's because that guy's been doing it for a long time and all the things he doesn't say you know what i mean those are what making him make some success and well and it just it i wish i could go back in time and and pay more attention and and yeah and i could have been way more ahead than i am now you know right um because i i've i mean i i grew up hunting with in my opinion two of the best to to ever do it in this country anyways and uh so yeah i i mean for anybody that's getting into it i mean learn as much as you can and i mean yeah it's hard to do when you're you're 16 15 yeah i I figured it was easy my my boy now he's like we'll be doing working on something he's like i know i know i know and i'm like okay if you know i'm I'm just gonna go over here and do my own thing like go figure your shit out i don't don't need to tell you anymore but um but no i was curious because like i said it seems like and it's good to see like that's that kind of aligns with what i've thought you know And, and like i said i didn't go through it myself but I've watched a couple of people that really struggled with that where um, their grandpa is just known by everybody. You know what I mean? It's like famous. You know what I mean? Like, and they're just a kid, you know what I mean? And, and sometimes it's like that name doesn't just, it isn't just like a, a crown that just hands to the next no. one and be like, Oh yeah. With the dog, the dogs don't give a shit. You know, yeah. the dogs don't respect you just yeah. like, just cause you got the name. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got to earn it in this sport a little bit. Oh heck yeah. Um, well, so. it makes you appreciate it more. No matter whether you're you're starting brand new or or you're the the family legacy name, if you don't go through the hard stuff, you won't appreciate it. And that's that's the best thing about hound hunting is yeah. when you think you know, you don't. Yep, that's yeah. exactly right. There's no guarantees of anything, <coughs> is there? No. Well, they were saying uh, I was talking with Garmin one time, and and they go, "Buddy, do you know the hardest customer that we have?" And I'm thinking, "Oh, it's the hound guy." Like, no, 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 it's the dog. Because the dog don't give a shit. <laughs> the dog don't care. Yep. They're just going to do what they're going to do. And, and uh, you know, to earn the respect of the dog, you really got to, you got to earn it. You know, it, mm-hmm. you don't just, even if you took a, a well-trained dog, if that dog doesn't respect you, you know what I mean? You're not going to, you may go catch a lion because the dog catches the lion, mm-hmm. but you're not going to be successful generationally. Yep. So. That uh, reminds me of a story. When I, when I was first starting out, I, I just local classified the biggest piles of junk you could ever imagine. I bought five pops all at once, not knowing a soul in hounds and anything about it. I've been around bird dogs my whole life, but not hounds. So I bought five junk pops and couldn't catch anything. So I called a big time outfitter in Utah and he actually was dumb enough to lend me three or four dogs and where i live i can walk right out my front door and, and be looking for a line within 10 minutes so i yeah. i didn't have i had two shot collars and maybe four telemetry collars i took this big swarm of pups with these three finished dogs and walked to the top <laughs> of my street the neighbor had a bunch of peacocks and turkeys and just birds and they killed every one of those <laughs> starting out and then i finally got them all beat off the neighbor's birds and, and got across the 
tracks under the mountain and they took off again my pup started the race and those other dogs went i shit it's got to be good if those old dogs are going and i was running think i was hauling ass to a lion tree and there were some coyote hunters there and i said are those your dogs said, yeah they're they're chilling a lion and they said no they're running deer just goes to your point no matter how good a dog you have if the handler doesn't know doing yeah it, you, it doesn't mean anything you pull up there and you go those two dogs they have peacocks all <laughs> over them yeah, peacock here? yeah yeah that was them <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly hmm. oh, that's funny yeah it's it's a it's a humbling experience like i like i said i've only i still think i'm new in it you know and when i look around i'm like oh man i'm one of the old guys now you know what i mean like it happens quick but it is it's a good challenge because it's, there's always something new and there's always something different and it the, the pack dynamic everything's always changing you know what i mean the dogs are changing like right now i'm getting to where my dogs are getting older and i'm i'm last year i was on top of the world and yeah. now i'm like i'm watching the downcline and i'm like crap next year's gonna hurt i mean next yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm i'm not looking forward to next year it just seems like you can it can flip overnight from yeah. from being right on top to all of a sudden you're you're starting over or? yeah just when they get good they get old don't they yeah yeah yep. And that's because um, I haven't grabbed a pup for a couple years just because I haven't been able to hunt as much as I, I've wanted to. You know, I, I started this job, so I have more time to hunt. And it's it's not exactly working out like that. But, um, but I gotten comfortable with those three old dogs, you know, four old dogs now, you know, and God, having a nice rock solid pack of four that you can just do whatever. But man they're getting older yep. they're getting older and I'm, I'm like watching them and i'm like they probably should have caught that one you know what i mean <laughs> like I, I think we would have caught that one last year you know what i mean they would have been in shape or whatever so it's always it's always interesting how many dogs do you do you have do you, i have 12 you got 12 yeah how about that myself as well 12 right i've got eight eight so what what is it about that number that you like? Dry ground, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I like that uh, just because I can rotate, you know. I mm -hmm. like to rotate every other day. And uh, and then um, a lot of our our bear hunting, I mean, we we need a few more dogs, you know, okay. to ship out. And when a bear crosses the road or something and dogs are hung up in ledgers or something to ship behind them, you know. Yeah. But I think it's just a good number. You can rotate them. And yeah, I, like I, to, I mean, I, I hunt eight at a time mainly. And and I I probably don't get as many days in the field as Hunter does, but I you know I try to hunt everything I've got every day I hunt. Yeah. But you know if it, you've always got dogs that are they're over the hill, but you can't leave them at home. They've yeah, yeah. they've earned that right, earned it, and yep. you've you better have a couple of young dogs coming up, or you're you're going to hit a wall. Oh yeah. So, it, and and some of the places you know especially for bear for me. It, I better send everything I need right from the start because they're not going to cross the road. There's not a road to cross. So yeah, some of the um, like uh, I think Wisconsin. I don't know about Michigan or whatever, but I have had some buddies that went over there and, and they talk about where they can feed dogs in. Mm -hmm. and it's like no, it, <laughs> so some of like, these running bears, man. I mean, they get you so strung out that I mean, mm -hmm. you have three or four fresh dogs in your box, you know, and. Yeah. Next time they cross the road and you ship them right behind yeah. them, it makes a big difference, you know. Yeah, but you don't have that opportunity sometimes. And a lot, especially Code Code's yeah, it, it country, just, he's got, I mean, just huge canyons with roads way yeah. spaced out. I mean, we can, we can, I can, I can start a bear and cross the road 
a quarter mile at a time for 15 miles and then all of a sudden we hit a 20 mile stretch that there's not a road yeah so it's i mean it could be anything in between yeah yeah that's what i i, I just dump everything at the beginning you know what i mean yeah i, I, I can't hunt because and you're mainly bobcats or you do a lot of lions too bobcats bobcats so I, and, I, and that's i mean i've had way better luck with three four dogs you know than shipping yeah. eight it seems like they just yeah there's times where i, I like in the snow and stuff because i I've been hunting up in the snow on snowmobiles, um, mostly because it seems like if I hunt out of a truck, I hunt below the snow and the dogs go up into the snow and then I'm like four chains and it's a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah. So this year I've been hunting in the snow and then the dogs run out of the snow. But it's easier to run a snowmobile on the gravel than it is to run a truck up and across the snow berm. So um, that's what I've been doing the last couple years. And it's, it's been easier for me access wise you know because of the fires and stuff we've had up there so i've gotten some better um situations but but the same thing is like when i dump loose you know I, I turn my four dogs or whatever that i have with me it's like that's it i don't have a ton of options sometimes i can i can feed in once in a while but not too often for me um, cool anything else you want to talk about we we're gonna wrap it up here but we got some good no, I, I I think we're pretty good. Just we we appreciate you guys. Yeah, w, w is, is I mean, huge. It's the best in the business, and and we know no hound association could do what they do without DU support. Oh, so. I'm getting all red now. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, no, I mean, it's true. It's we can true. edit this part out. I'm like, <laughs> anyways. Uh, we you know the truth is 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 we wouldn't be what we are without the associations, the houndsmen, the customers. Like it really is, um, it's humbling for me. Like I, I, it, it, me making the circuit and getting back out. I got to Michigan last weekend. Uh, you know, we're, we're gonna do Utah, and I got Wisconsin. I need to get back out to California. I mean, there's a bunch of different associations. Jason's hitting uh, Idaho this this week. Um, last last year, me and the family got to go to uh, Eastern Idaho, and so it's just humbling to see. Like not in a million years would I have thought that's what I was gonna do. When I was working at Intel, I was like that was it. It's easy once it, when it's about your passion, when it's about dogs, I mean it's kinda like you with with your guiding, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's easy to make those connections and have a good time. You meet customers if you're enjoying this and this dogs. So man, it's it's not hard. I get I don't deserve that much credit. Corey, did we lose you? No, I'm here. All right, we're wrapping up. You got anything you want to follow up with? I uh, know. Just, just thank you, buddy. I sure appreciate you coming out and, and appreciate you doing this podcast for us to kind of get the word out on the house bill and talk dogs with us. Yeah, absolutely, man. We're gonna we'll, we'll cut it up here. You guys got some more raffle tables to get ready, and then it's gonna get a bit crazy. Yep. We'll have to do another. Yeah, one. We can do I'm these over. I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah, we can be able to be here by dinner. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you better be here by Go your speech. <laughs> cursing me for not having the racks or for his apparel. I'm not in. Awesome. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Yeah.